0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: All right, we're back with another episode of the SBP. It is the official podcast of our Facebook group, the Sports Bar Podcast, where we are always, always talking sports, but we love to get into it about television, hip hop, entertainment, all that good stuff, movies, that's what we do. But we got some sports talk today. As usual, I am your host, Prime, and I got my homeboy Source with me. Source, what it
0: is? We're getting ready for the next episode. What's up, Prime? <laughs> feeling good, man. I say feeling good. I'm tired, actually, but I am feeling good and happy. Life's good. Can't complain. How are you feeling this this good Sunday morning?
1: I'm good, man. Got a got a full day. Uh, today, I mean, it should be a day of fun, but a full day, another other than last, another less. But looking forward to, uh, you know, drinking a few cold ones. I know talking that early on a Sunday morning ain't like the first thing you usually talk about, but that's what I'm talking about <laughs> right now. Uh, cold ones, uh, comic book convention is in town as well. You know, it's various activities around the city. And I think I'm going to partake in a few of those uh, today before we get ready. And uh,
0: you know, for this uh game two tonight, man. Word, yeah, that's that's yeah. You are the comic book dude, so I'm, I'm gonna let you have that one. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, I will be on the field reffing this morning, or well, all day. But right, the right. unfortunate part, for real, is that I'm missing out on Broad Appetite. Broad Appetite is my favorite yeah. food uh, festival that comes through the city every year. I'm missing out on that. I think the fam's going out there, but I'm missing it. Eh, got to get the money, though.
1: Yeah, beautiful thing for me is, like, we go every year as well, but the beautiful thing for me is the comic book convention is also downtown. So Uh, I should be able to, once I park my car, when I get down to this convention, to the Galaxy car, and this is the Bino, for you comic book kids, you know this is the big event. It's not like the little local joints they have. They've got all types of stars down there. I mean, Kevin Conroy, Lou Rigno, everybody's down there, man. And um, it's a three-day event. But when I park my car source, I shouldn't have to move it. I can walk straight out of the convention. I might have a three, maybe four block max walk. That's about it. And I'll be right at right. Bon Appetit. So I'm going a, I'm to a drink one for you, man. So yeah, that's beautiful. They lined it up perfectly, man.
0: Word. Well, you enjoy your day, man. I'm a... Uh ride this ride this roughing out to the night and get ready for game two of the finals
1: all right speaking of game two we gotta go back to game one off top and we saw Toronto come through 105 99 victory to take a lead here in the series were you surprised at all that they won game one
0: no not at all actually the the way they won could, could be a surprise I can I can see that, but the fact that they won game one at the crib in the first finals game in Toronto history, they, they better win game one. Like The fact that, they, that so many people were not surprised by the fact that they won game one, but check this out. Uh, I was watching maybe the jump. I think it was the jump. And they put up a stat with three
1: awesome different show. Awesome show.
0: Bet- Oh, agreed. Agreed where three different betting uh, businesses, companies, whatever, somehow increased the chances of Toronto winning the series to somewhere between 62 and 68% based on the fact that they won game one at home. I do not understand yep. that logic at all. Like, if they didn't win game one, they might not win any games. So the fact that they won game one should not be as big a surprise or especially not create thoughts that they're going to win the series just because they won a home game in their first game in Toronto history. I don't understand that logic, but maybe I'm missing something.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy how they formulate these numbers, man. And the whole thing that Toronto actually – was successful, not that they won, but as successful that they were, just kind of got me thrown off. It's off top. I got the score wrong. It actually was 118 109. I was thinking about uh, game seven of that Milwaukee game, but uh, that's fresh in my head because I lost a little bread um, in that <laughs> game as well. So that's just kind of fresh in my head right now. But Toronto won at 118 109. But the way they they, form, they formulate these, uh, these stats, and I guess, I mean, they're real stats, but just the. Consistency on if somebody wins game one, this is usually what happens. If somebody shoots a certain percentage, this is usually what happens. Uh, you know, it, it's just crazy to me. And when they say numbers are what infinite, or numbers go on and on and on, um, it's amazing how many stats that they come up with. But I was in the barber shop uh, the day before the game, or the day of the game actually, talking to my barber, and he told me before he even put the blade. You know, to my head he told me he said he said, Prime, I'm gonna tell you right now, Toronto gonna win game one and they're gonna make it look easy. And I'm like, bruh, I won't be totally surprised if they win game one, but ain't no part of this game is it gonna look easy. And of course I know he's gonna remind me of how right he was for a lot of the game <laughs> once I go back and get my next cut next week because if you you look at this, it was kind of like Game 7 with Toronto and Milwaukee, whereas uh, one team had to lead a majority of the game, so I was kind of thinking, I yeah, Toronto, even though I know they got a shot, they got to lead a majority of this game, they keep pushing it away, but I can see Golden State come to chop them down somewhere in the fourth period. It just didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I was expecting the same thing because especially after last series, seeing Golden State down, I think, was it three games they were down 15 points? Um, yep. And the one game, they were down 17 in the third. Just watching them come back from those deficits easily, you know, in a short period of time, it's like they're always in the game. So we expect Golden State to, to make that comeback. But I appreciate the fact that Toronto plays so well and was able to, to hold off the Warriors' Uh, on any type of run they were starting to make because it looked like they were making a run multiple times and cutting the lead down. But we definitely have to give some love to the man I I, uh, mentioned should be most improved player, uh, Pascal Siakam, because he was the difference maker in the game. He was the man in the game. And he straight took over the third quarter, and I, I have to mention, I can't remember who said it in the in the uh, SVP Facebook group, but somebody said Pascal Siakam was going to drag uh, Draymond, and that is what Yeah, they did. For real. They
1: did funny you and I was on the same page I was thinking about that as well as early this morning before we did this I was trying to remember I didn't get a chance to search the Facebook page but I remember somebody saying that and I, I'm trying to remember that I respond because in my first thing I thought about in my mind I was like nah I, I not that I didn't feel Siakam would have a would have a I, I thought Siakam would show up this series and have a game or two but I thought that Draymond would just be Draymond and wouldn't totally let uh, anybody, namely Siakam, skip the best of him, you know, due to Draymond's intensity and his play, especially since Durant's been gone. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, Siakam, dude, you realize he was 14 or 17 from the floor. Like,
0: that shooting
1: percentage is ill, like. It's just straight crazy. And he's one of only a couple of people between both squads that shot over 50% uh, for the game. But Tiakum's energy, I mean, we can say that we want to about anybody else. Um, Leonard didn't explode. Actually, he didn't shoot well from the floor at all. I mean, Leonard was 50% from three. But when you say 23 points to an average person, an average player, you like, yeah, he had a good game. But that's not a Kawhi game. So if you'd have told uh. me that Kawhi, would have 23, and these people would still win by almost double digits. I would never believe that. But it was a team effort. I mean, they had four other guys to hit double figures, but Siakam was really really the catalyst for everything they were successful in doing.
0: And one thing I'll mention that I did not see happening, I thought that it was going to go another way. And it is, you know, seven-game series, so there will be opportunities. But I did not think that – Marcus saw was going to be as effective as he was in the game. I didn't even think that he was going to be on the court as much as he was. Um, but somehow he was able to stay on the court. He got buckets, played defense, uh, stretched the floor, made the passes. He did everything. I think the, the key or one of the keys to what he, he actually did was on that pick and roll. When Steph has the ball on the pick and roll. hmm Or the high screen uh, Toronto Was doubling The thing is they're doubling with Two guys that are much bigger than Steph So it causes Problems Especially when the the screener Has to go above Has to or chooses to go above the three point line And it's going to one Sideline or the other when that happened, and they're, they're screening into the corner, Steph was dead right. in the water. So he couldn't see out of the double team, and it gave Toronto time to rotate or steal passes. You know, the pass had to be awkward or floated, whatever the case may be, and a lot of those passes got tipped by Gasol or whoever was on uh, Steph at the time. So that was a big part of the game that kind of threw Golden State's offense off, but best believe there will be a different game plan going into game two for Golden State, which will make Toronto have to adjust as well.
1: Yeah. If anything, I think people shortchange Steve Curry is, is his ability to get his coaching staff's ability to adjust and to make the necessary moves. And I, I think we're going to see that in game two. Um, I mean, not that I don't expect that the Raptors will be successful. Um, you know, Uh, won't be successful. I think they'll be successful in some ways, but the mistake that Golden State made to me in that first game was they just allowed the Raptors to get too comfortable and just do what they do and to be who they are. I mean, they're a long team. They definitely got some height down low, and and pretty much that's why all their big men played well down there. I mean, you look at um, you mentioned Gasol. That was one thing I did mention to my barber. I said, I don't know if I mentioned on our last podcast or not, but I did say that Marcus Saul had the potential in this series to have his best offensive series that he's had in the playoffs since becoming a Toronto Raptor and he started out really well um stretching the floor, hitting the long ball what did he hit three I think he hit three two or three uh three pointers um other yeah, might have been I think it was two for four but um they just allowed the Raptors to be basically who they are, and some other folks just came to the party and played. I mean, Van Fleet even even played well in that game. He, he hit them with 15. So, I just think that they just got kind of comfortable, and they stayed in the flow. But make no mistake about it, like you say, Steve Curd and them, they're going to make the adjustments. And um, as good as, the, as a defensive team as Toronto is, I do expect, going into this game, tonight, that Golden State will have uh, a little more success, I'm actually expecting a a a bigger game from Clay Thompson and Clay Thompson, whereas you look at his numbers, he actually didn't play bad, but we know that Clay Thompson is capable of being so much more especially when he gets back into a corner.
0: yeah, I don't know what clay's gonna, gonna do uh between you know being on the road and having to deal with with Danny Green. You know, I don't know. That, it's a tough matchup, and Green's got enough size to, to stay in Clay's face, and he's a, a good enough defender to, to give him as much problem as you can give one of the best shooters ever. So I'm not sure what I'm expecting from Clay, but I am curious to what you think uh, Golden State will be able to get out of, of Boogie Cousins in this game, too.
1: That is the mystery, man, because I was telling the guy the other day, I was like, if you're not – I understand you want to get a, a guy of his caliber, his potential on the court, but is it going to interrupt the flow that you had coming into this series? Because if you're going to get out there and you're only going to pay him, unless you just steal minutes minutes and uh, just to give some of the big men a rest, you know, but putting him out there for – Eight to ten minutes is just not going to cut it, man. It, it's just not going to cut it. I think it disrupts what they're doing, um, you know, what they were able to do. It, it disrupts the flow. It disrupts the movement. And we're going to have to see in game two. I think I think this game tonight is going to tell us a lot about really how much he's back into the flow of the game and how much do they trust him. They can't put a lot on his shoulders uh, because I just don't think he's ready. He didn't look ready to me the other day. I understand it was the first game, and he might have been just, you know, dipping his toe in the water or whatever, but I just don't know, man. They got to show me a lot, a lot more. Because if Biggie, like, a Boogie gets in, like, think about this. What if, what if Boogie gets in there and tries to do too much, try to overcompensate uh, uh, for the time that he missed, try to overcompensate for the fact that he wasn't much help in that loss in game one? I'm willing to bet that it's probably going to disrupt, uh, you know, Clay – and Steph get into their rhythm. Maybe even Draymond finding himself because I expect a big game from Draymond uh, come tonight. So I just don't know. So tonight's gonna tell us a whole lot about Boogie and uh, how they should be able to use him um, the rest of this series.
0: It's gonna be a fun one, man. It's gonna be a fun one. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm putting too much into who wins this game because I don't think personally. I don't think that this game is the game. If Toronto wins, they go up 2-0, and they won in home games. That's all it is to me. If Golden State wins, some people would say that, well, Toronto won game one. Just the fact that they showed that they could beat them is enough for them to compete on the road as well. So I'm looking forward to whatever happens tonight. Uh, I expect to see more, more stuff. I expect to see a lot of stuff occur tonight. Yes, I also expect to see uh, Draymond. As you stated, Draymond is going to have to at least at least match the intensity and the. Uh, that's funny to say, Draymond has to match somebody's intensity, but he at least <laughs> match the intensity and the uh, skill level of Siakam on the floor. They really do. They really do. and in, in this series, it's kind of built for where they need KD because I think KD would be on Siakam. As opposed to Draymond, because they're built the same, and and they're both—I mean—they're similar. Not scoring wise, of course. KD is one of the greatest in, in history as far as scoring, but body wise and uh, athleticism, they're pretty similar. So, I think that missing—they're missing KD in that respect anyway. And not to mention that Iguodala's health—I don't know what's up with his health, Yeah. So I, seen I think it yet. that Definitely plays a part yet. as well. And that's going to be interesting to see Because somebody's going to have to step up If he's out, McKinney might have to slide into that spot Even uh, direct Get some extra minutes Somebody's going to have to step up and do something
1: Who wins tonight?
0: I'm going to say Golden State wins tonight And a close one But I think they pull out this one And uh, managed to manage to get out of here 1-1, go back to the crib mm-hmm. And run off three straight after that. So I'm going. I'm still I'm still Golden State in five.
1: Yeah, I got him there as well and I got the one a the close one. Great minds thinking the mic. uh once again tonight. I expected to be a fight at some point. Shout out to the brother. I don't can I don't see his name a lot. I don't even remember if he's a new member or not, but um in the group that just came flat out and said Golden State was winning by forty. He came to so somebody in the group posted that and I'm like, yo, by 40 though. No. So I guess he, don't know if he's being sarcastic, but he's uh, he called his shot, put a little colored background on it, and the whole nine yards on the Facebook post. So shout out to you, brother. Uh, Golden State by 40. <laughs> so, but I'm with you. I see a close one tonight for Golden State. Hey, uh, in other news, Mike D'Antoni, man. Look, it just it popped up that uh, about a, about a week or so ago they were in uh, contract talks. Uh, he and the Houston Rockets and on a possible extension, but we just saw a couple of days ago that the talks have now broken off. What do you make of this whole situation? Do you think he is the right coach from here going forward? with what uh, you know, Maury and them want to do in Houston.
0: I think that. Well, first of all, I don't know what to think of him breaking off the toss. I guess he's he just like, you know what? Y'all ain't trying to see, see what I'm seeing. Y'all ain't trying to get to where what I'm looking at. So I'm just going to just, just end it. We'll just stop here. And whatever happens, happens. I'll be out of here at the end of the next season. Maybe, you know. And if that's the approach he's taking, hey, I can't knock. I mean, an, another guy betting on us himself, and he's not worried about what, what happens after that. But the thing is, how does this affect what's going on with the squad? I don't know if it necessarily affects what's going on with the squad, but the the changes that are about to occur anyway, because Mars already said they don't care, they're trying to get better. But they they I mean you want Chris Paul? Make me off or we'll see what we can do. They're about to, to change this roster up a little bit as much as they can to make it uh more conducive to the coach that they have now. I guess the question is are they making it more conducive to Dan Tony, or are they making it more conducive to James Harden? Or is that one and the same or you know, how are they gonna approach this whole season and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in Houston. Yeah,
1: they said they are putting everybody on the market, or any just about anybody's on the market. Um they're, they're talking about winning. And a lot of people we saw as the, when they went down to Golden State again, especially in our Facebook group, we're talking. Got to get rid of the coach. That style will never win it. I don't know how much change you really want to make though. Like if, if CP3 is gone, And they can find anybody to take that ridiculous contract, and I just say ridiculous because of the numbers, uh, not because it's CP3. Even though we all acknowledge he's starting to look old. <laughs> well, and then, you know this last series, he didn't look like the old CP3. But how many changes can you really, really make and expect to win it all? Like, let, let's, let's, be, let's be real. It's Golden State that they're losing to. You know, and, and, I, and I I know you want to get over that hump, and I know you're upset you want to get over that hump, but it's Golden State that you're losing to. It's not like you lost to Golden State one year, You next year you lost to somebody else, and the next year you lost to the Denver Nuggets. You're losing to the... Perennial NBA Champion and I know that's not An excuse to say well you know we're still Not winning it but if you bring in another coach And and you do too many changes Are you as good Are you a team that even gets to The Western Conference Finals Or are you still a team that's Even in the ballpark of beating A Golden State Who no matter what happens this year Is still set to be Most likely running things uh, for the Next you know next couple of years so I just I, I don't know if replacing him or letting him walk since he didn't want to extend the coach, is the incentive uh, contract, is the right thing. I don't know how much you want to change his squad. If you do a CP3, fine, you better make it work. Uh, if you do a Clint Capella, which I have no problem with that because I mentioned to you before, He's got to add more to his game. I mean they, they wanna really they really wanna get over the hump. You need to try to find a way to add more to Capella's offensive game, or maybe that's the move that you make. But I'm not hundred percent sure like a lot of folks uh in our group that letting Dan Tony walk is the answer.
0: I agree. I'm not really uh on the it's Dan Tony's fault train. And uh like I said they are listening to to Golden State Not to mention Golden State is going to be A different looking team Next year so true. Who's to say those changes That you make Are, are even necessary With the changes that, that the Warriors Make and that's the only team you're trying To get better than because you're better than everybody else You know pretty much every my, season My point So why not just stand pat at That I can definitely see that as well
1: my point exactly. My point exactly. What else
0: we got, man? Oh, last thing, last thing. I just wanted to mention. Have you uh have you seen the Ava Aver Ava Duvernay produced special uh or original series on Netflix four part series about the Central Park Five called uh When They See
1: Us? I have not seen that yet, but It's everywhere on Facebook, and I've seen nothing but positive things. I would probably tell you just in the last day alone, I've probably seen no less than like seven or eight posts uh, from Facebook friends, and everybody seemed to be enamored with it. I saw something on the Central Park Five about a week ago. I guess they probably put it on because this special was coming. But I ended up seeing the Central Park Five, uh, something they did on them. I don't know if it was Dateline. One of those shows that comes on on late night, like 10 o'clock. And uh, at the time, I had no idea. That was just before um, this came out. But I haven't seen it yet. But you've watched it. Let
0: me tell you, man. First of all, uh, I'm surprised at how many – I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at how many people have never even heard of Central Park Five. But uh, general story. The, the Central Park Five is five teenagers from New York. Back in 1989, they were mm-hmm. arrested for raping and assaulting a, a jogger, a woman, in uh, in the park. So the the five kids, <clears throat> excuse me. Basically, the long story short, they didn't do anything. They were in the park. But this happened in a whole different part of the park. Uh, and they had nothing to do with it, yet they still went to jail. Three of them, four of them went to jail for like between five and seven years. And one of them actually was in jail for 13 years, which was the oldest one, Corey was. So uh, my daughter, Jada, hit me to the fact that it was, that she wanted to watch it. Earlier during the week, she said it was coming on, or she mentioned it to me. I heard Ava Duvernay, she was on Disa Samaro Thursday night, and she was talking about it, and it came on Friday, so we started it Friday. Let me tell you, man, I was so angry. Like, it was, it's, it's, the story is so ridiculous that. You wouldn't even think it's a real story. There's no way... That you, if you watched this and knew that it wasn't a real story, you would be like, man, this is too much. Like They're going too far. This do not even seem real. The fact that it is real makes it that much worse. And that's just, the, that's just episode one. It's a four-part series. This part one is unbelievable. Unbelievable. But then when you think about the story and you think about this is one story... In one city that happened to five young men of color, teenagers, where their rights were violated, like, to the extreme, and you just think about that one story and how it's prevalent, especially then, from, from then till now, and even before then, across the country. It's everywhere, so there's nothing new, but the details, man... it it will make you break down. (laughs) If you know, if you even have any dealings with any young man, if you were a young man of color at any point in time, or if you're just a human being who can empathize with a story that is clearly, like, not right, then I'm telling you, man, you need to watch this whole joint. Friday night, I was heated. We watched two of them yesterday during the day, and then I watched the final episode, the final uh part last night and man it's heavy that's all I'm gonna say
1: yeah yeah like I said I haven't peeped it yet I'm trying to get myself together because I know I'm gonna be heated but from, but from what I had read over the years and what I saw on that special that I watched about a week or two ago brought back a couple of memories just to the fact though uh number one I do believe uh this was the one where. Uh, they, I guess they had gotten some admissions or something from them that they had done it, but I think they possibly been were being pressured into it by certain parties, maybe the police or whatever, that uh, formulated stories or whatever because they were scared. And I also believe these are the same guys that, of course, this was way before he was in office, but uh, Trump was saying something about they uh, should be uh, put to death or something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's, it's matter of fact, I am sure. I am sure. I don't know if they go yeah, to oh, this particular documentary, but I do know that's what happened. It is absolutely
0: true. And Trump bought uh, $85,000 worth of ads through New York, uh, through the New, New York papers, saying that these people should be executed. Executed. The lady didn't die, she didn't even die. Yeah, and, and they, and, oh man, you have to watch it. I'm telling you, you have to watch it and you will be angry, <laughs> but you, it, it's a yeah, great, I, it's a great portrayal as well.
1: Yeah. I just say this in, in ending on it, um, before we roll out, I will say stuff like that gets everybody heated. It gets everyone heated. Um, and I never went through anything close to what these guys went through, but, uh, I quickly was in a situation years ago as a youth in the wrong place at the wrong time, only to get arrested, taken in with a group of other people, had nothing to do with anything. And if you know anything about being locked up in the county or whatever, they, most time times uh, uh, they get overfilled in, in the jails. You won't see a magistrate till Monday if you go in on Friday. Just to have a magistrate look me dead in my face as a black man, and, of course, the magistrate wasn't black, and tell me he couldn't live with himself knowing I was on the streets over the weekend. He couldn't sleep. What? Only to get, yes, only to get to a bond hearing (laughs) on Monday. So I spent two days in jail. On Monday was supposed to be a bond hearing, not even a regular court hearing, for the bond, for the judge of the bond hearing, who was substituting for somebody else, was like, I don't even know why this gentleman is even in here. There's no bond hearing. He can go now. And you know what I'm saying? Wow. So that's a story for another day. But that's where I saw the devil in this dude's eyes. So imagine sitting in jail for something you didn't do, but something that small, and it was a small, not even close to the grand scale of what these guys went through. But be looked me in the face and said, didn't even know the story. This guy ran up with a, with a group of people, I didn't even know what was going on, to be told he couldn't sleep, boss, <laughs> over the weekend, couldn't live with himself, knowing I was out on the streets, only early Monday morning, right about 10 or 11 a.m. just to be released, period. So the judge looks at me, says, I don't even know why mm. this guy right here is even in here. So, I read I mean. He says, no bond here for him, he can go now. Crazy.
0: Wow.
1: Crazy. So, Dang,
0: Brian, it's not yeah. like a person company to we have to get to that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know, we we gonna have to do that. We gonna have to do that. But yeah, that's all I like got, man. Look, um, make sure y'all check that out. I know everybody can't wait for the game tonight. I can't wait. It's so awesome. I hope you, you know, I hope you got your water and your towel with you, brother, because I know it's gonna be hot out there. And you know, you are my dog, so I'm i I'm gonna drink a couple of devil devil's backbones for you today.
0: I appreciate that, bro. And y'all, uh, feel free to holler at me on Twitter at Smitty Or Instagram, trying to get my IG game up. Source underscore Eskosha, E S H K O S H K A, and uh, yeah, definitely join the Facebook group if you're not in there. The Sports Bar Podcast SBP, where we keep it live on a daily basis.
1: No doubt about it. I'm your boy Prime. You can always catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Prime SBK. Thank y'all for listening. We're gonna catch y'all in the next one. And y'all enjoy this next uh these next few games, man. Cause it ought to be really, really good. Till so the next one, your boys up out of here. Peace.
0: Happy birthday, Mom.
1: No doubt.